0: Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective.
1: Well, Max had a chance to go screen a fantastic film, which if you have not seen, by the end of this interview, you will want to run and go find it, Before the Flood, which was directed by Fisher Stevens, who... Is a really accomplished actor. He's a producer. He's Oscar winning, okay, Oscar winning, uh, Academy Award winning uh, documentary filmmaker of The Cove. And by the way, that year you won The Cove and I had a competing documentary in there. It wasn't my film, but I had worked on it called War Dance. And, right.
0: Yeah. War Dance. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's a good yeah. Film.
1: I I was a bit bitter for a nanosecond, but I loved The Cove because, well, you know, the topic is very important and you are so good at telling stories. Um, Thank you. So I just want to tell you what Max said. Max said about you. She said, Fisher is a very down to earth guy. He's a wonderful actor and activist and a terrific director of Eco Documentaries winning an Academy Award for the film The Cove. It was a pleasure to meet and talk to him at the Jacob Burns Film Center after screening Before the Flood. I just thought you ought to know. You have a couple of fans.
0: That's very nice. I love that. I'm, uh, it wouldn't be good if they talked a lot of crap about me and said I was a hypocrite. Yeah. So that's th- nice.
1: That would be obnoxious, and we're not into that, but it happens, I suppose, to some people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not you. So uh, just a brief bio, Fisher Stevens, because there's so much, we could really just do a bio for a half an hour, but Fisher Stevens is an American actor, director, and producer. He starred in soaps. He started in soaps, in, in a couple of soaps that I used to watch back in the day, One Life to Live, Ryan's Hope, my friend Pammy was in that. He has been in so many fantastic TV series, Lost, Damages, Blacklist, Vice Principals, and I saw you were in The Good Fight, which is my latest binge-watching addiction, and I love that Oh, show. good. I'm, uh,
0: about to do, uh, I'm about to do it again. I'm actually just left the set. Oh. Doing it again. Oh, I, so. I just,
1: I think that show is so cool. It's very quirky, and I love that. Mr. Stevens Fisher, as he has graciously allowed me to call him, is in so many movies, and he's now, of course, an Academy Award-winning documentary filmmaker. Wow. So the Cove, just touching on the Cove, I found it probably for you, it was no fun, but the irony of you having mercury poisoning when you went to uh, make that
0: film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The director and I both had mercury poisoning. We we had both uh, become pescatarians and decided to just eat fish on our diet. And of course, this is a time when we didn't know that fish were full of mercury because of all the carbon that's in the water from climate change and from what we're dumping in the air. And uh, it was one of the things that bonded Luis Sojoyos and I, the director, we became friends and, and there was a, actually a, a big part of the cove originally was about mercury poisoning. And we ended up doing just a kind of 20 minute DVD about mercury. You could have purchased back when you bought the cove DVD, but Okay. Yeah, the, the the food that we eat and you know is all affected by the climate. And now we, after doing before the flood and after doing racing extinction, what I didn't know was that the food we eat is also causing climate change. Mm-hmm. And one of the largest um, causes of of greenhouse gases is the livestock business. The UN estimates that twelve percent of the carbon in the air is due to the methane and and what. Goes into producing the meat that we eat. That could be even a low estimate. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm not a strict vegan, but I definitely my my diet does has very very little meat in it due to making all these films and understanding <laughs> what the meat industry is doing, not only to our bodies, by the way, but to the environment. Yeah, as it
1: is. yeah I'm with you. And for years, I was a vegetarian, more by taste and uh, sort of nutritional. But the more that I do what I do here and learn what I learn, I eat less and less of the things that are difficult uh, for the environment. So let's backtrack a tiny bit and start with activism and climate change. Where did your passion for these things, because you clearly have a passion for social justice, climate change, where did this start for you?
0: Well, I think my mother was a was a bit of a activist and she protested the Vietnam War and I remember being a very small child and my mom marching in the streets and taking me to marches when I was very young. So I kind of had that in my blood, I guess, although my dad was not at all active. In, in, in any of this. So I grew up with that, and I grew up learning about civil rights and, and trying to understand why slavery existed. And I, I don't know, I just became very very outraged, very young at, at injustice. And I kind of started focusing on acting a lot more and becoming an actor and forgetting about it. And then um, in, in terms of the the world, it, when, when we invaded Iraq, I, I was very upset and thought it was unnecessarily... Bush administration was definitely taking advantage of the American people. And I started protesting quite a bit in the Bush administration. And then when John Kerry ran against John Bush and uh, George Bush in 2004, I basically quit everything for three months and just worked on trying to get John Kerry elected and get us out of the uh, the war. So I've been pretty politically active my most of my life. And then I, I discovered environmentalism through scuba diving and, and, Basically, when I started diving a lot, I started diving with this guy named Jim Clark, who was a very good friend of mine and was also a physicist. And we, we went to some dive sites and we saw dead coral. And he explained to me back in like 2005, like what global warming was and how we're killing the corals by putting too much carbon in the air. And so I, I could say that environmentalism really started then for me in understanding that we're going to destroy the planet unless we do something. So really through scuba diving, because uh, before that I really didn't have much of an awareness about it.
1: Well, I'm right there with you. I, I'm not a scuba diver, but but I understand that nature, you know, being being having appreciation for the beauty of nature uh, and the resources, whatever, it brings you to it. And and I, I was right there with you protesting Iraq.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I also had kids later in life, and once I had my, my kids – it sort of put everything into uh, hyperdrive for me, which is why I needed to do Before the Flood, and why I wanted th- doing Racing Extinction and doing Mission Blue and all these films. It just now, I feel like I'm doing it for my children more than, and for other people's children more than um, trying to make the planet uh, habitable for my grandchildren. Period. But that's kind of how I see. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the other thing that we found. I've been reporting and talking about this stuff for 20 years, and almost everybody says it's when they had children, they began to have this extra sensitivity and concern about what's going on and what what kind of future we are leaving them. Okay, so you mentioned before the flood, I just watched that film preparing for this, and... I'm going to tell you, I literally said out loud to my screen, wow, it was so beautifully shot, but terrifying at the same time. Because, of course, uh, the film, without giving anything away, (laughs) uh, spoiler alert, uh, the film covers so many of the bigger topics and a couple that have flown under the radar, I think, Mm. like palm oil, perhaps still but it's so beautifully shot and you directed this beautiful piece of film and uh, you worked with Leonardo DiCaprio, of course. So I'm saying, okay, you got to dish a little about working with Leo and how you guys came to work together.
0: Well, I, I knew Leo just a little bit through acting over the years and I'd seen him around. And and then in uh, 2010, we went on a uh, TED, kind of a TED mission for technology, entertainment, design TED talks to the Galapagos with Dr. Sylvia Earle, who I was filming for another film called Mission Blue, and Leo and I kind of bonded, and I was kind of, I knew he was an environmentalist, but I didn't know quite to the extent of his knowledge about what was happening in the world, and and he and I actually started uh, we dove together we did a bunch of scuba dives together in the galapagos and we kind of became better friends and stayed in touch and when i finished mission blue or was almost done i asked him to look at it and he watched it and he really seemed to enjoy it and then helped me actually get a song for it from florence and the machine and was very helpful and then we started talking about working together and then he called me and said like let's do a big environmental movie where we go around the world and make it for kids and people, young people to understand that we've got to say, you know, we've got to take care of the planet or it's going to just bite us all in the ass. So we started talking and then we, uh, started structuring the film and there you have it. Two and a half years of working together and he was shooting the Revenant. As you can tell, we incorporated that in the film yeah. in making the Revenant, um, at the same time. And we ended up just actually, uh, loving working together, and we had many, many people see the film, and it was quite successful, of course. We wanted to get it out before the election, before Trump was elected, and that Geo gave it away and put it on for free for uh, 10 days before the election. And to be honest, everything that we feared has happened in, in the fact that we knew that if Trump was elected, he would basically put these disgusting, despicable characters in power in the yeah. environmental space. Like a Scott Pruitt, like a Rex Tillerson. Um, although people say, oh, Rex Tillerson is like one of the sane ones, and he is, and he's very smart. But remember, he's only had a job in his life before this, and that was for the Exxon. And if you look at what. Yeah, Exxon's negotiating
1: business, with the Russians on oil deals. Come yeah, on.
0: and oil and deals. And, <laughs> and just kind of destroying people's lives to put oil wells in and having, you know, basically going in and having. In the pockets of these these governments that just don't care about their people and just putting money in the government's pockets and the and the dictator's pockets so that Exxon can drill and get rich. But oh. the worst thing that happened has happened, and the wor- the thing we feared and and that is Trump winning and that all of these people. By the way, it's very similar if you look at what's just going on with the NRA and 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 the Marco Rubios and of the world and the Ted Cruz's of the world and you look at the money they're receiving from the NRA, which is why we have these gun laws that are not being passed. It's the same with the fossil fuel industry. All these all these evil people are running the show. You know, Jeff Sessions gets a huge amount got a huge amount of money from the oil and gas company. Right. Got a huge amount of money from the NRA. He's now the Attorney General of the United States making decisions on what affects our lives. And you know, we have Ryan Zinke, the Secretary of Interior, who just wants to yeah. let us drill and and go in and mine in in our in our national parks that are our national parks, not Ryan Zinke's national park. Yeah, my Donald stomach's Trump's.
1: turning as you just list yeah, all so, of the so, horror. It is. It's horror. so
0: everything Leo and I were filming has basically happened. So it, it's been it's been actually quite debilitating. But doesn't mean we're giving up. It doesn't mean we're stopping. You know, we're going to get Scott Pruitt out of office. He's broken the law, and we're yep. going to do everything we can to get rid of him. Ryan Zinke's broken the law. All these guys are basically gangsters and what? they're gangstering the they're corrupt and they're corrupting the american political system even more. So
1: the end of your film towards yeah. the end you, you, Leo talks to President Obama at the time and you know I I was watching I was almost in tears because You know, there was so much hope and the Paris Agreement, which has been, you know. Now, it does not to say that we can't take action and that we won't find ways to make things better. But it must have been very painful to to see everything just kind of walked completely backwards. It's upsetting. Now, getting back to the film a little bit, the narration is really excellent. It's well written. And I I just kind of am curious who... I, I know you both worked together on the storyline, but who did most of the scripting? Was it either of you?
0: Yeah, or I mean, it you? was a combination. I have to say it was it was three of us. It was Leo. Leo came up with a lot of it. And, and myself and a man named Mark, who worked on The Cove with me and Before the Flood with me and uh, Racing Extinction with me. And he, he's a great kind of writer. So he came up with some of it as well, Mark Monroe. And, but, but Leo and I kind of riffing, came up with most of it you know just me asking leo questions and leo you know talking about his dad and that's how we came up with the whole painting yeah the fact that hieronymus Bosch painting
1: it's a beautiful storyline and i really appreciate the personal aspect and because i always resonate more when someone is speaking from their personal experience and it's just really i'm I'm sort of i'm a screenwriter geek also so i just had to ask that question
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm glad you asked but it was it was a, it was a very collaborative process and, you know leo spent a lot of time in the editing room which i don't think he'd done nearly ever before to this extent and you know let himself be on screen and be himself and not say other people's lines but say lines that came from him so quite brave and i think we uh yeah we really enjoyed the process
1: what about this film, I mean we've talked already. You've mentioned about the the upsetting bits of have watching so much of the structure get shredded by the new administration by he who shall not be named. But what about making this film was encouraging to you and may still be?
0: Well, the young people were encouraging which you're seeing with the rifle, the NRA protests and the anti-gun rallies. I mean, honestly, I wish we did more with young people in the film and we did interview some. That was encouraging. And I would say the heroes, the the guy like Pierre Sellers, the astronaut who subsequently passed away, he was encouraging to me because he is just such an inspiring character. And I think these guys like Michael Mann who are doing the work and keeping people aware that they keep fighting against all these forces, even despite the Koch brothers and this big money going against them to kind of hold on for their lives, the oil companies are holding on for their lives and doing anything. Yet you have these warriors, these heroes who are still willing to fight. That was really encouraging. And meeting these amazing people was encouraging. The mayor of Miami who's going to run for governor, Philip Levine, you know, who's running on an environmental stance. You know, he's a politician running on an environmental stance in Florida, the most one of the most Republican corrupt states. That was encouraging. He had the courage to do that yeah there were I, I think I was inspired by people that that's what really kept me going and is keeping me going now. I know there
1: was a lot of things to be concerned about, and I don't want to dwell on them, but was there one over one thing that that really deeply concerns you more than any of the other issues?
0: Yeah, well, the melting of greenland is is probably the biggest concern because as it melts it's going to just make the water levels go up and up. That is, uh, that's very, 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 as you can see with the flooding and, and all that. And it, it, it may, it, it, we're seeing these weather fluctuations happening faster and faster.
1: Now, two more quick questions about how people can see this film.
0: It's on iTunes and it's on the Nat Geo website.
1: Nat Geo app. And what projects, what other cool projects are you working on that we need to
0: know about? Yeah, the Netflix show is a part. It's a six-episode series called Dirty Money, and it's about financial malfeasance. The episode I directed is the sixth episode. It's called The Confidence Man, and it's about Donald Trump. Uh, oh. It's about it's about his business and his dealings as a businessman, and basically what what a shitty businessman he was, <laughs> and how he pulled the wool over America's eyes. With the help of a TV show called The Apprentice. I
1: can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, don't even get me going. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to see your episode. And I just want to thank you uh, so much for taking time with us and for doing the work you're doing. You're a busy guy, and uh, we're going to try to keep up with you.
0: All right. My pleasure. I'll talk to you again soon in the next one. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? go to the That's thE greendivas.com.